Welcome back to Canuck Central. This hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. It is Josh Elliott Wolf, Israel Fair, here with you. Before we get into the mailbag, I did want to mention that just had Yannick Hansen on, and the hotline is brought to you by Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. The first call, the only call. Keep your text coming in, 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line. Yannick, big fan of the uh, of He the loves hotline. the reads, yeah. He was laughing at you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, so at 4.30, we had we had three to fit in, right? Because he has his own sponsor. We have an hour sponsor. And then now the, the phone line has a sponsor, mm-hmm. too. There's a lot to fit in. And when Yannick's on hold, I just got to do it. And it's, uh, it's tough. I enjoyed how much uh, how much he enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, but it is Friday, and you know what that means. It's time for the mailbag. No Dan Riccio, no Satyar Shah. This might be the most informative mailbag yet. <laughs> Josh Elliott Wolf, Israel Fair. Uh, Eddie, are you going to read the questions? we got Eddie and Victor behind the glass. Yeah, we're going to go back and forth here today. Okay. Share the duties. All right. Be a good team, guys. I don't do that. I take all the credit. Because you're so selfish. No, I know. That's, that's what everyone says about me. Yeah, we've come to learn that. Yeah. Starting with Austin and Langley, when will the Canucks acquire Joel Erickson Eck? Will they steal the Swedish House Mafia line name when he plays with Lindholm and Pedersen? The, uh, the Swedish House Mafia line name is like... That's a good line. It's pretty good. That's a good line name. Um, sneaky, like here's the thing. Obviously, this is a th- this is Canucks Twitter. It's a long to, running bit now. Trying to meme something into existence, yeah. and I appreciate that. Um, sneaky in the off season. I just wonder because like Minnesota has they have those buyouts, and they're obviously not in a position where. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. I can't see them getting significantly better next year. You're running out of time on Kirill Kaprizov. Joel Eriksson Ek is so valuable that if you were to start a rebuild, I feel like he's a guy that can really, really kick it off. So if he was to get traded, and I doubt he would because he's pretty good on a very valuable contract and signed long-term. But if he was to get traded... I think it would be in the off season. Definitely not during the season, especially not during this season. Yeah, yeah, that checks out. And look, the Canucks have a uh, not to to go in on the Elias Pettersson contract saga, but uh, whenever that uh, is you know decided, or if there's a direction that that is appearing to go in, then maybe you start to look at. I think the Canucks' pre- preference is that he signs long term, and then they can start to build out the roster that way, but. Uh, as much as, as you said, Josh, memed into existence, it's been all over Canucks Twitter. Don't uh, don't believe that that will be Vancouver's next move. Although I, I expect the Canucks are going to make at least another trade before the deadline, just probably not that one. Mm-hmm. It would be so gratifying if it did happen. For uh, like Canucks Twitter would be so so happy with themselves. Not that they aren't already, <laughs> but like they'd be even more. Be so exciting. Next question. Next question. This one is from the second best Canucks captain. I'll let you figure out who that is. Uh, the Canucks currently have eight players listed as centers that have a higher points per 60 than Monaghan at evens. Do you think this is the deepest the Canucks have ever been at the center position? Are they the deepest center team in the league? Um, probably not ever, I, I would say. Deepest at center ever for the Canucks? 
I mean, even last year, well, I guess last year, like, they had Horvat, but who was the fourth line center last year? Niels Oman. Oman, yeah. And now you have Suter and Bluger who can both play center. But I, like, I always go back to 2011, and you had um, you had Henrik, you had Kessler, you had Lapierre, yeah, Malholtra. Yeah. And I, I feel like that overall quality is probably a little bit better. Wow. I don't know. It's tough. It's close. I mean, they filled it out because it wasn't long ago that that was, you know, an area that uh, that they were in dire need of of reinforcements. It's just, I guess, it really depends on. JT's played both. Mm-hmm. A Patterson's lot of played both. A lot of people prefer him on the wing, even if he does bring a lot of different attributes playing at center. Whereas when you had Henrik Sedin and Ryan Kessler, that, there were no questions asked about those top two guys. Mm-hmm. And then at the time, Manny Malhotra was such a, a, a unique shutdown player, right? Like he, he, he had a role that was so extreme, but he performed to that extreme role to, to such a, a high standard that for as good as the, the Bluger line has been, it's, it's not quite the same, um, you know, matchup wise. And the, the, the game has changed. The league has changed since, since 2011 as well. But, uh, that's uh, it, it's a, obviously a position where you, you want to have those kind of deep assets, and uh, the Canucks have, have certainly improved that. Although I'm not sure I can I can mint it right now as as the best ever, deepest in the league currently. Though I think if you were playing all three at center, I would say yes, but yeah. I very much doubt that they play all three at center. Right. Um, and I, I don't I can't even I can't really think of who would be their competition like. I mean, Edmonton's kind of the like David Dreisaitl, if those guys playing aren't them. playing together, right? Yeah. And then it's almost like it doesn't matter who the, <laughs> the yeah. next two guys those are. Those two guys are so good. I mean, Pittsburgh you can always throw in there because Crosby and Malkin, even at their elevated age, are still they're still good. And um, the thing is, I don't know like offhand enough three C's around the league to be like, ah, yeah, that one. Lars Eller is their three C in Pittsburgh, right? So. I mean, would you consider him better than Bluger? I don't know. They're probably um, similar. But regardless, they are in conversation for one of the best in the league. And if they did play all three of them at center, I would say, yes, they clearly are. But again, I, I doubt that happens. This one is from Doug. Should the team try and get a defenseman like Tanev and a cheaper forward option or a top forward and a cheaper defenseman? Also, do you think the team has enough grit in the top six for when the games get more physical? Okay, so multiple questions here. So would you rather have Tanev and a cheap forward, so Tanev and a bottom six forward, or another top six forward and like a Noah Juleson type defenseman? Like Juleson plus, I guess. Yeah, so I would probably lean... Man, like the defense has been so good this year that I almost think you could add another... Noah Juleson type or someone a little better. And You're talking about Zach Bogosian yesterday. Yeah. Like that kind of veteran player. That guy, I think, rounds it out. But if you add another top six forward to this team, plus one of those guys, I think that outweighs adding a Tanev, who would really, really help, and he'd be really good, plus another bottom six guy. Because I feel like they just they have a lot of bottom six guys. You can call up Arshdeep Baines, and there, there are more options there. Yeah. In, in terms of philosophy, I line up there. But there is an an obvious attraction and appeal to bringing back Tanev, and it's 
it sounds like that would be such a huge hit inside this particular dressing room. They're really pushing for it. Bring him back and and then there's there is the the benefit of having a, a right side guy that you know as long as he's healthy is going to be a really solid player on your on your second pair. But I, I'm I'm with you. I can't help but sit here and go, man. If they had another dynamic player to put into the top six gives them so many options you could really have two two dominant dominant lines one thing i thought of as well is like imagine how and it's hard to know what player this would be but imagine how good this team could theoretically be if you found a player let's say it is a forward who you looked at and you said okay this is a guy we're going to move jonathan necromachie or tom Olander for like would canucks management be willing to move that guy for someone to bring in and like how good like Joel Erickson Eck. Like Joel Erickson Eck. <laughs> how good would this team be with Joel Erickson Eck? Honestly, weirdly, like Erickson Eck right now, now that you brought in Lindholm, you just don't really need another center, you know? But if, I mean, if you get him, you get him, whatever. Yeah. Bring, bring in guys that are good now, as long as they fit. It's fine. Uh, next question. This one is from Kay. Uh, how unrealistic is it to think that the Canucks could fight their way to a Stanley Cup final? If you think they could, in a hypothetical Stanley Cup final, do you think they have what it takes to win it all? Um, so if we're going by like the betting books and, and money puck and all of that, the Canucks, the, according to those, they're, are, up there. they're like top three in most, yeah. in most things. Um, a lot of it now, the doubts is kind of, Look, you can look at the PDO. You can look at other stuff like that. I, d- I do think their underlying numbers have caught up to the point where I'm not as worried about that as I would have been a couple months ago. Now a lot of it is just like, hey, do you believe in a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a couple years, hasn't played a playoff game at home in a decade mm-hmm. to be the team that goes on to the Stanley Cup final? Like, if you're someone who believes the team has to have some playoff experience before going that deep, you probably aren't going to believe in this team. I theoretically, with the way they're built, the way they play, having Thatcher, Demko, and Nett, I think they can hold their own against pretty much any team in the league in a seven-game series. Vegas is the one that still scares me mm-hmm. if they're healthy. Um, but aside from that, like I, I theoretically do think that they could fight their way to a final. They're they're on the board, man. And look, Edmonton is basically exactly the the team that you're describing there. With you got to go through the fire, you got to have some playoff failure with your group. Edmonton made the conference finals, and then they they made the second round last year, but they end up going out to to the eventual Cup champs in in Vegas. So even if it's not quite the the same length of playoffs, and I mean they made the conference finals and got swept by Colorado, who also went on to win the cup. So Edmonton's got the, the hashtag narrative mm-hmm. for for uh, teams in the West, and then and you just add on the Big David and the Drysital conversation there. You got to still give Vegas tons of respect. You got to give Colorado respect. The Canucks to me are probably in that range, mm-hmm. just in the West. Um, if if they continue to play at the level that they have played at so far this season, they're they're going to go into the playoffs, and there's going to be an expectation that they win the first round for sure, and that they will be in a in a competitive second round against probably odds are one of Vegas or Edmonton. Mm-hmm. If they win that series, then of course all all bets are off. What do you? 
So after this deadline, you know, you've, you've added Lindholm. We'll see what other moves they made. As of now, what would you, what would you classify as a successful season for the team? Because before the year, we all would have probably said, Hey, make the playoffs. You don't have to win around, but that's great. You make the playoffs. That's probably the team's goal. Now I, I wonder what the the expectation is. Like, what bar do they have to reach for you to look at it a week or two after and be like, "Hey, that was a that was a good year." I think at minimum now they have to win around, mm-hmm. and then it probably comes down to the matchup in the second round and how that's if they get into the second round and they get swept, then it's a different conversation. Then they get to the second round and they go, they go deep. But I, I'm I'm sure that there are a number of fans out there who are going conference conference finals or bust, given where you're at in the standings right now. Yeah, it's like when you're starting a new season in an NHL franchise mode, and it's like here's your owner goals, and then halfway through the year they get changed because you've done you're so too good. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's happening right now. Um, I would probably, I I almost want to say like, man, if they if, if they, they lost, lose in the first round, it's a disappointment. But I almost want to say if they lose in the second round, just because. Like you, you've made this trade. But if they lose in the second round and it's it's a series that goes seven and McDavid and Drysaitel have yeah. scored fifteen points, then that one, at some point you just have to tip your cap. Yeah. Hey, they were due. They've had some incredible playoff runs, but we we ran into a buzzsaw. That is, or you know, if they play Vegas and it's just a, a really physical series, and then that, that's when people would probably be really disappointed. Well, oh, hey, we told you you didn't have enough physicality, you didn't have enough grit. Yeah. This team knows how to win in the playoffs. That would that would flip the equation on the other side, right? There, there are factors there. So to me, pretty much got to win at least one round, and then from there it it'll depend. But um, look, I, I think just when you look at the standings and you look at where they're at, people got to be sniffing conference finals. Fair enough. Next question. This one's a little loaded. Might have to rattle through it quickly. But from Keyshawn Nathwani, predict the first round matchups in both the West and the East. Oh, okay. I got so, the standings in front of me if you want to. I, I got them here too. Okay. Um, so are we assuming, I guess, the Canucks coming first here? Yeah. I guess we can just make our own predictions. As they are today. Um, I would say Canucks are probably going to take on, I want to say Seattle in the first round. Well, based on what they are today, because so much can change. Are we talking about? Let's go with what we know. First round match. Go with what we know. Oh, so we're saying who's going to win if these teams were to play against each yeah. other? Ah, I see what you mean. Okay, so Vancouver would beat St. Louis. I, I'm fairly confident, though. St. Louis has played them pretty hard. I would say Vancouver beat St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I also, so Vegas Edmonton is kind of the uh, the exciting one. Yeah, that's 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 like when like uh, was it Pittsburgh and Philly would play each other early yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, like one of these teams is going out. Uh, I would say I'm taking Vegas in that series. Ooh, okay. I'm taking Vegas. I mean, I'll take Edmonton. Uh, so the other one would be Colorado, LA. Yes. Uh, sorry, LA. It doesn't matter that you made a coaching change today. Assuming Colorado, especially like they're probably going to make uh, an addition. I'm taking Colorado. Next one is a uh, Dallas, Winnipeg. Ooh, that's a that's an interesting one. Yeah. Because if Hellebuck gets going, like he has he's been, been all season, unreal this year, um, he could just win that on his own. I would probably, I want to lean Dallas though. I'm going Dallas. I'll, I'll take Winnipeg then. All right, I, that'll be that'll be a fascinating series. Yeah. In the East, we got uh, Boston against Detroit at the moment. Boston for sure. Yep. Uh, then the next one is Florida Tampa. 
that is uh, that is actually the Philly <laughs> Pittsburgh the comparison, Philly yeah, or Philly Pittsburgh. Where yeah. the those two teams we've seen them in the playoffs uh, recently uh, do not like each other. No, who's better right now? I Florida's better right now. Okay, you, I, you're not you're not gonna buy into the heart of a champion. <laughs> I mean, I like last year I did, and I was burned. I I think uh, Tampa's I think lost too much over the. Yeah, they're yeah. they're they're a shell. They're just depleted, and that's fine. Like you had your time. I just think Florida's on the up and up right now. Barkov, I think, is like super underrated. Kachak is starting. He had a slow start, but he he's did. Been, he's Sam been good Bobrovsky. lately. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you got to trust Bobrovsky, but it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, other matchup: New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ooh. <laughs> that's uh. That's another good one, and like to be to be fair, Tampa and Toronto could pretty easily flip. I think Toronto. Yeah, on, po- on, points on point uh, percentage, Toronto is ahead, but but I'm keeping this lots, as is lots of now. games left. So I would say uh, I'm going to say Leafs. Shesterkin yeah. hasn't been Shesterkin this year. I, I kind of feel Leafs if that's how it ends up. Yeah, um, and the last one, Carolina, Philly. Philly's been an amazing story this year. It's it's hard to. To Torts has them. Torts has them playing at a. You know they're playing like a playoff team right now. If it was the Canucks, they would sweep them. <laughs> they love to dominate the Canucks. <laughs> How much year. does losing Carter Hart and the distraction around that impact that team? Yeah, it's it's not not ideal. That's I guess we'll sure. see. I guess we'll see. But I I'm taking Carolina. You yeah. you have to make too much of a case for Philly to to beat Carolina, right? So or yeah. So I'm taking the case. And this is a weird Carolina year where. Uh, they've obviously had some great regular seasons heading into this year. Got off to a slow-ish start. They've got some mega question marks in goal, and they're still at 61 points through 48 games. They're basically right there with the Rangers. And it it does feel like because uh, they've gone into the playoffs for a number of years now as everyone's sleeper pick, everyone's dark horse, that they're flying under the radar a little bit. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, Carolina's really good. And they've got a lot of really good players. And this is the year that they're going to – especially because all of the questions about the future of their D and are they going to be able to keep a lot of those guys around past this year. Mm-hmm. It, it, that has a lot of the hashtag narrative uh, going for them in the East. Uh, next one. This one is from Basketball Phil. Uh, who plays in goal for Canada in the Olympics? And what does Canada currently produce more high-quality level players at? Point guard or NHL goalie? Definitely point guard, right? Yeah, it's not goaltending. Jamal Murray and uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Shea is cooking. They are pretty good. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, Shea a, he's a baller. Um, and meanwhile, in net for the for Canada, like Tristan Jari, I guess. Is, is, uh, I guess the three names that are out there, Jari... Bennington and Stuart Skinner. Yeah. Not exactly uh, Not Joseph Broder and, <laughs> and yeah. Belfour. Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Roberto Luongo. Carey Price. It was a good run. And it's over. Um, maybe Aiden Hill is still playing at a good level by then. I just would be very uninspired. They need someone to break out, you know? Just hasn't happened yet. And, uh, I'm not. Maybe we got. So ask. what they got? It's, they got two years now to figure it out. Yeah, more than enough time. 2026 Olympics. Yeah, this is fine. This is fine. I will. I would probably say, of those three that you mentioned, like Jari just feels like the one that might win by default. Even though, I, I it might just depend on what guy is 
hot. Yeah, his time. career has been pretty up and down. Uh, Skinner was pretty solid as a rookie last year. Has been really good in, in this in this winning streak, but he's also playing on a on a on a pretty good team. And we all know Bennington's also been on the roller coaster <laughs> as well <laughs> yes. for since uh, since twenty nineteen. He's been good this year, though. He's been good this year. Next question from Dan Riccio. I know him. Yeah, we all do. Heard of him? Yeah. What is your go-to drink when staying at an all-inclusive in Mexico? Okay. <laughs> this feels like a flex. It is a flex. You know, I saw this question come in, and I'm like, okay. I thought you were going to say you saw his, uh, his trade reaction oh, video. Yeah. What are you doing? Bucket hat, huge sunglasses. You don't need to do this. I think it's because he had, he had a, a few too many uh, go-to drinks the night before at the I, all-inclusive. I was, I was thinking the same thing. I, was like, I didn't listen to a single word he said. It feels pretty early to uh to Hey, be. guys. Uh, <laughs> Ebona. Just kept saying that. Uh, <laughs> my go-to drink at an all-inclusive, though, I've only been to Mexico once. Did you go last year? year? You I went, went last, last year. year. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. You are getting the beach bod going. Yeah. <laughs> Back at it this year. <laughs> um, but, yeah, last year, uh, I was rolling with the – I'm a pina colada guy. I was going to say that, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tasty. Every once in a while, I, uh, I mix in a mojito, though. Oh, mojitos are good. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. nice. Those are my two. I'm not much of a I'm not much of a beer guy in general, so that wasn't really on my list. See, I I, I like beer. I, I'll drink beer, but if I was at an all inclusive, you you gotta do you gotta do the fancy drinks. Yeah. come on. Yeah, and you always gotta be like, hey, make make it a double, man. We we know what's going on. Oh, here. Come on. Yeah, that's that's what Richo was doing the yeah. night before the, <laughs> the Lindholm trade, and then he's crushing double spros the day after. Double double. Yeah, that's just that's just the the kind of attitude you got to bring to the all inclusive. Yeah. Uh, next one. This one's from Discount Dracula. Where do pretzels rank as a snack food? Should we like tier them? This In- feels like it's more for overrated, underrated. Yeah, I guess. I guess because I would say they're underrated. Yeah, I was. Uh, that's my first thought. Um, my my favorite variation of pretzel, though. Well, well, first off, are you a soft pretzel or hard pretzel guy? Because as a snack, I feel like we're talking about hard. Pretzel. Yes. I, I I do enjoy a nice soft pretzel, but uh, I'm I'm thinking that's like a that's a that's like a compliment to a beer or something more yeah. than, than a snack. Mm-hmm. Which I, I mean I guess that's technically a snack. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I my mind goes to hard pretzels. Hard pretzels. You got a little bowl of them. The rolled gold ones. Um, and you're going to town. I would say, but my favorite variation, peanut butter filled pretzels. Okay, those are very good. Those are very good. But yeah, I would say they are underrated as a food snack. Or snack food, food snack, snack food. But I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think I'd have them like top five on my snack list. I mean, I like them in the munchy mix. Munchy mix you, is underrated. You get all all of it. Yeah. You get the Doritos. You get the Cheetos. You get the pretzel. Like that's. that's they nailed it when they made that. Next one. And from Justin and East Bam, what is your favorite Carl Weathers movie? Uh, Carl Weathers passed away today. Yeah, former BC Lion. Former BC Lion, rest in peace. Um. I can't say, again, I'm doing this movie thing. Are you going to do a Carl Weathers marathon this weekend then? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Just watch the Rocky movies. I got to say say one of the Rocky movies. I was going to say Happy Gilmore. Okay, that's a good one. That's probably, like, I've watched the Rocky movies, but I enjoyed Happy Gilmore more. I feel like Eddie G's a predator guy. I don't watch a lot of movies, so I don't have much to chime in on here, to be honest with you. Victor, do you have a favorite Carl Weathers You probably movie? picked the two worst producers to have in the booth, because I also don't watch All a lot right. of movies. That's why you just got to say Happy Gilmore. 
I, I, I laid it on a tee for you guys. Rocky. Okay. That one's good, too. And we took a big run and swing and miss. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, also, this one. Would you be cool as a cucumber trying to score from center ice for a big money prize? Um, I feel uh, like I would. I've seen you, you know, maybe taking PKs against one of the guys that doesn't watch a lot Victor. of movies back there. I saw the video, man. Cool as an absolute cucumber, and the stakes were high. Josh is cold-blooded. Came He's down to the 10th of 10 kicks. The first one just picked his spot. Second one, powered it by you. Way too much power. Hurt my hand. Yep. And then, uh, and then, hey, you got on a streak. You got hot. I'll give it to you. I end hot, though, and I turn out the lights. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, Dom doing that little uh, interview right before the final kick, that killed my momentum and just... Uh, Fair enough. It's all you, Dom's fault, You really. mocked my tiny calves. Also, I didn't even know you said this until... Because I wasn't within earshot, <laughs> and then I was watching the video after, and I was like, what the hell, man? Tiny calves? You don't got to call me that. Then I went to the gym the next day, and I was only working out calves. <laughs> Karma. You, you scored on me. So my beach bod is going to be all calves. Call me Dan Riccio. Uh, <laughs> it is Canuck Central. Josh Elliott Wolf is real fair. On the other side, we got some uh, mailbag overflow we'll get to, and maybe some of Gary Bettman's comments and more. Text in 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line. It is Canuck Central on Sportsnet 650.